Morning, y'all. Man, it's good to be here today. Um, on weeks like this, uh, there's no place, like I can't wait to get to Sunday. I just can't wait to get to come in here and share good news because, has anyone watched the news this week? Good, good choice. Whoever said that's the smartest man in the room. Uh, like, it's just rough, right? And so we get to come in this place and lay down some of these things, hopefully lay down our guard a little bit. Lay down some of the edge that we all build up to protect whatever you know, ideology that we've got in our minds and just be sons and daughters of the King. And I'm excited. I'm glad that we're doing this series on discipleship because we started last week by saying that 2020 was kind of a rough year. And 2021 ain't been no diamond so far, right? I've seen some funny memes about what 2020 said to 20. Most of them I can't say in here, but they're funny. At least less holy people think they're funny. But I mean, it's God has revealed to me, and I hope he's revealed to you, some of the areas where like the church, the bride, and I don't just mean this church, although I do mean this church too, where we've missed the mark. But the beauty of God is when he reveals these things, when God reveals like a, a flaw in your character or an area of sin or something in your life, he always does it veiled in grace. Like God never reveals something about you because he hates you. God never reveals something you need to change because, you know, he wants to destroy you. God reveals what he reveals about you because God loves you. Even in the verse we said last week, Romans 12, 1, Therefore, I urge you, and I know you all read what came before it this week. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's what? What's that word? Mercy. Everyone say it with me. Mercy. One more time. Mercy. That is what the church should be saying loud right now. Mercy. We show our mercy on you in view of God's mercy to offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is our true act of worship. Why do we worship God? Because he hates us. It's because of his mercy. It's his love. It's his grace. God doesn't force you into repentance. God woos you into it. And those are two very, very, very different things, aren't they? God's mercy is calling us to come to him. And so there, there are areas where God is showing us through his mercy, areas where we have fallen short. And there's areas as your pastor where, where I fell short last year. I, I was as surprised as you are to find this out. But the, there are some areas where I did not hit the mark. And God is revealing these things. He's revealing some areas where, where I had an agenda or a motive or my mind wasn't right or whatever, or where I executed poorly. But he's not revealing them to me because he hates me. He's not revealing these things to me and going, Tommy, you're useless. You should never be a pastor. He's revealing them because he loves me. He's revealing them because he wants me to be better at what he created me to do. He's refining me to make me into the instrument he desires for me to be. And so I receive it. And so as God is doing this, he's giving me a fresh heart for people, which I need. Guys, is it, raise your hand just so I know I'm not alone. Is it ever hard to love people right now? Yeah. That's why I bounce off Facebook about once a month, because I got I to gotta like the people God calls me to love. So every now and then, I just got to step back from social media. It's hard to love people some days right now, but as, as I'm drawing closer to God, as he's revealing things in me, he's giving me a fresh love for you and, and a fresh love for him, and, and the result is an increased clarity on what God has called me to do. 
And it's not just me. It's an increased clarity for, for my team. And not only for my team, my brother Jeff, he's a, he's a pastor in Fort Smith. He and I are feeling the same thing, and we're going through the same process. His church is doing many of the same things we're doing this year. But the increased clarity is God speaking a clear word to me. And over and over, what God is saying is this, make disciples. Make disciples. Stay focused. Make disciples. And you're like, well, that should be obvious, right? But we tend to get sidetracked by different things. Uh, you know, in, in, our, in our haste to, to reach as many people as we possibly could, I think there were times when we overlooked the, the responsibility to disciple the people we'd already reached. So this verse, Ephesians 4.1, says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ might be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So what are pastors and teachers supposed to do? What is my job to do? My job is to equip you for works of service until we reach a unity in the faith and until we reach the fullness of what God has called us to do. My job is to equip you to do your job. And over and over right now, God is saying to me, Tommy, just do your job. He's saying, I'll, I'll handle the, the 10,000 people. Because y'all know, you've heard me say this, you've been around, I want to reach 10,000. And really 10,000 is a number that means nothing. It means more than we could ever get to. And God is saying, I'll handle that. If, if, you'll, if you'll do your job, I'll handle reaching the people. If you'll do your job, I'll handle buildings. If you do your job, I'll handle debt. If you do your job, I'll handle ministries. If you do your job, I'll make sure you're surrounded by the right people. Just do your job, and your job is to equip my people. And as I look back over my, my year in 22, I see some areas where I did not do my job in the way God has called me to do my job. I see some areas where I missed the mark. My job is to equip you. But guess what? You got a job too. And I can't do my job if you don't do your job. I can't do my job if you show up here one hour, once a week at best, and expect me to do my job. I can't do my job if you think my job is to chase you around and call you when you're not here. I, I can't do my job if, if you're not committed to doing your job. We depend on each other. My job is to put the definition of equip up there for me. To equip is to supply the necessary items for a purpose or to prepare someone mentally for a situation or task. That's my job, equip. But that, that thing right there it requires two people. I'm a, I will supply you. I'm, I'm going to try my best to supply you. You have to pick up the supplies and use them. I'm going to try to prepare you, but you have to take the preparation and apply it to your life. There's a second definition of equip, I believe, and I think it says, uh, no, I think it's to prepare someone mentally. But th these, these things are back and forth things. I can't do my job if you're not doing your job, and you can't do your job if I'm not doing my job. So you and I depend on each other for this thing to work. We're in this thing together. And God is gracefully guiding me on areas, because it's always full of grace. God is gracefully guiding me on areas where I can do my, my job better. But God is gracefully relieving me of believing that your salvation or your relationship to this church is my responsibility. Because it's not. That's your responsibility. And I promise you this. My team and I, we are committed like never before to doing our jobs to the best of our ability. 
but it will not matter if you don't commit to doing your job. This takes everyone going in the same direction, and it's not easy. It's not easy. That's why when the guys who wrote the Bible, when they talk about what it means to to reach this fullness, this maturity, this full measure, the words they use are not like, you know, tea party. They don't say, uh, Paul doesn't write saying, each week I desire to go to a tea party. Or he doesn't talk about My Little Ponies or Care Bears. It's all those things are happy and sweet, and we should all enjoy them. And if you don't, you're horrible. But like, when Paul talks about these things, he talks about straining. He talks about fighting a war. He talks about running a race. When Paul talks about reaching this thing, he doesn't just sit around and say, well, the pastor didn't do his job. He says, I am fighting. I am soldiering. I am warring to become what God has called me to be. I am working out my salvation with what? Anyone know? Fear and trembling. Like, I'm fighting to become who I know I'm supposed to be. My wife, uh, Christy, many of you know her. She Facebooks a lot recently, but you, you might know her. She, she, she gets so, like, y'all, she got like 400 likes on something she posted. I post better stuff and get less likes. It's super confusing. That's the other reason I'm off Facebook. She's training for a half marathon. Are you training with her, too? Oh, <laughs> I was like, where'd he go, Deanna? <laughs> that is solid, though. But she's training for a half marathon. And when someone is doing this, you can tell. Now, my wife's not there. She's a little over the top on the health stuff anyway. Y'all know this. Sarah, you know her. She, she's a little over the top. But when she's training for a half marathon, it's like, whoa, over the top. You can tell she's training by what she eats. You can tell she's training by what she wears, by where she goes. By who she, you can tell she's training for something, and she doesn't have to tell you that she's training for something because it's obvious when you look at her. That is what it should be like for us. For those people who are fighting and warring and preparing to receive and equipping, to be prepared, to, to go become disciples, you don't have to tell somebody you're preparing. to become. It is obvious by what you do and what you say and who you hang out with and where you spend your time. You don't need to tell somebody what you're doing. It's written all over you. This is what it looks like for people who are fighting to become what God has called us to be. And that's what I want for you. That's what I want for me. I want to be surrounded by disciples. I always want to have a room full of people who don't know Jesus. But I want those people who don't know Jesus to walk into a room full of people who do. And it's obvious that they do. And so what we've been working on for the last few months, Katie Neal gets a tremendous amount of credit for this. Give it up for Katie back there. Second only to me. And so kidding she's really the brain behind a lot of this stuff but we've been working on 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 creating a it's like I almost hate to call it a program or a because like if you're not committed we can't give you there's not seven steps to financial peace or something like you got to work for this okay but what we're calling this thing that we're doing this year we're calling it the method and it's kind of a nod to our Wesleyan roots and some of you will get that but we're calling this process the method, okay? And, and what we're giving you is a plan because if, if you're fighting to become a disciple, if you're, if you're going to war, if you're training for something, you need a plan. And so we're going to give you a plan that we believe is a proven plan. We know that it works because we've seen it work. As a matter of fact, it's probably the earliest plan ever for discipleship. That's why I call this a brand new, really, really old plan. Listen to Acts chapter 2. This is the plan. They devoted themselves. They devoted themselves 
to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possession to give to anyone who had a need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added daily to their number those who were being saved." I asked you last week to say yes. Um, You remember that? Some of you remember I asked you last week to say yes, but I didn't tell you the question. You're about to find out the question. That verse encapsulates everything you said yes to. Um, This is the old, new method for making disciples. And and I want to start with one of the reasons we believe this method is so effective is because of how it ends. Throw that next one up there for me. It says, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being, read that last word for me, saved. In, in, some, in some churches in America, it's, it's like the Lord adds daily to their number those who are going to church. And maybe, maybe you've seen this, and maybe we've even experienced this in seasons here. The Lord adds daily to our number those who are going to church. The Lord adds daily to their number those who are, who are experiencing church. The Lord adds daily to their number those who like good music. The Lord adds daily. But what about the Lord adding daily to them those who are being saved? Saved. Saved from what? What were they being saved from? Were they being saved from hardship? I don't think so. Were they being saved from persecution? I don't think so. Were they being saved from, I don't know, like cheap vacations or no Wi-Fi? I mean, like, what were they being saved from? Anyone know? Sin. Themselves. They were being saved from themselves. And what that means is they were becoming what they were not. They were becoming what they were not. What they were not was disciples, but that is what they were becoming because they were being saved. They're being transformed. The Lord added daily to the number of those who are being transformed, completely remade, discipled. Gosh, that sounds good. Daily to those who are being saved. And God will always do his part. None of this is possible without the Holy Spirit of the living God. Not one, not one bit of this is possible. You cannot follow this method and draw closer to Christ if you have not given your life to Christ. You must have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you to become what God has designed you to be. It's impossible. But for those who have the Holy Spirit, it is time to move forward. And so we're going we're gonna to break this down. Um, we're going to break it down over two weeks, and we're going to do the first two parts today, and then you're going to get a chance to respond after this. But let's just start. Acts, Acts, this, is, this is the first step of the method. Acts 2.42 They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Okay, the the first three words in that mean so much to me. They devoted themselves. What does that tell you? Whose responsibility was it? Yours. It's your responsibility. They devoted themselves. Like, they devoted, we can't force this on anybody, you must devote yourself. You must make a decision of your free will, empowered by the Holy Spirit, that you want to become a disciple. And then you devote yourself. And we call this part of the step growing. 
And we call it growing for, for, for a reason because you're going to grow in, in a few ways. You're going to grow in the apostles' teaching, which is scripture. You're going to grow in reading the Bible, and you're going to grow in prayer. It is impossible to move closer to Christ without growing deeper through the scripture and deeper in prayer. And I think some of us want to read the scripture apart from prayer, and some of us want to pray apart from reading the Bible. But those two things need to go together. When you begin to read it apart from prayer on your own, you come up with some squirrely ideas. And if you just think God is speaking a word to you, but that word's not backed up by Scripture, you come up with some squirrely ideas. And so if you want to grow, which is the first part of the method, we call it growing. If you want to grow, you must devote yourselves to the apostles' teaching and to prayer. And and remember, I said to equip is to supply you. This is not a supply issue. Okay, everyone in this room has access to a Bible. I know you're like, oh, he's telling us to read the Bible. What a shocker. Well, are you doing it? I just keep saying it until we're all doing it. Everyone in this room has access to a Bible. Raise your hand if you've got a smartphone. Go ahead, put your hand up. Don't be scared. Yep, you got a Bible. You know, you got a Bible, Bible. Everyone's got a Bible. It's not a supply issue. I'm willing to bet somewhere in your house there is a Bible, right? Maybe, maybe it's like an old big one. Y'all ever, anyone have one of those old big Those things are awesome, aren't they? Like, don't read that one, though, because it'll confuse you. Get an NIV. But actually, some of y'all can still read the King James. But, I mean, it's like get, you've got a Bible. And if you don't have a Bible, go talk to Katie Neal or Chris right over there after church, and we will get you a Bible. It is not a supply issue. And what about prayer? Prayer is not a supply issue. You have everything you need to pray. You know what you have? The Holy Spirit of the living God living inside of you. He has supplied you with everything you need to talk to God. You don't need us to teach you a class on prayer. Shut your eyes and say, Holy Spirit, teach me to pray. He'll teach you. And when you don't know what to pray, you know what he'll do? Cheat. He'll pray on your behalf. (laughs) He'll fill in the blanks for you. How cool is that? The Holy Spirit will pray for you when you don't know how to pray. This is not a supply issue. You have been supplied. What you need to do is just say yes. You already did. You said yes last week. So will you devote yourself to growing this year? And I'm going to give some specifics on what that's going to look like. Will you devote yourself to growing this year? Because if we're going to make disciples, this is what we got to do. You will grow. Will you devote yourself to growing through prayer, and through studying this year. It can be intimidating to study the Word of God by yourself. Um, That is why when you read Acts 2.42, that whole what you see is they weren't doing it alone. The Bible was designed to be studied alone, but it was also designed to be studied inside of community. Uh, This is the way, Mandalorian. We're supposed to study. Study this inside of community. So Acts 2.42, it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And then Acts 44, 2.44 says, All the believers were together and had everything in common. So they're devoting themselves to this. They're all together. And then we're going to skip 45 and go to 46. Every day they continued to meet together. They broke bread in their homes and ate together. Do y'all see a theme? Together. There's a theme. What they were doing, they were doing together. They were studying the Bible together. They were knowing. So we're going to call this part of the method knowing. Because we desire for you to be known and for you to know other people. So the first two parts of what we're calling the method for 2021 is growing. 
That's committing yourself to, to studying, committing yourself to prayer. And the other part is knowing. That means you are committed to being known by people. Guys, this life is super, super hard to do on your own. The Bible says, woe to the one who falls and has no one to catch him. Man, I've fallen at a time in my life when I had no one who loved Jesus to catch me. Any of y'all ever been there? I had some people catch me, but they didn't know Jesus. And it didn't end up well for me. But imagine a place where people are studying the Bible. They're studying the Word and they're praying and they're truly known. I am willing to bet right now that every single one of you, almost, I'll say 99.9%, have something in your heart that you wish someone knew so that they could carry the burden with you. You have something going on in your life right now, and you would love to share it with someone who knows Jesus, but you've never really allowed anyone to know you. What if this year we commit to that being different? to being truly known. I think the greatest example we can ever have of God is when we are truly known and truly loved. When someone knows everything about you and still they love you. Maybe this is the year for you to be known by someone, to be, to be in a place where you're known. And, and, and this is what they did. This is what they did in Acts. This is the earliest method of discipleship. And so here's what we're going to do. Let, let me give you some, some actual things we're going to do. Starting in January, starting this month, we're going to do a Bible study called Experiencing God. And when I say we, here's who I'm talking about. Everyone raise your hand. Everyone raise your hand. Oh, great. Thank you for volunteering. We're all going to do it. When I say we, this is who I'm talking about. We, we are all going to do Experiencing God in groups together. It's going to take like 13 weeks, and I'm going to preach it, and, and, and whoever else subs up it, they're going to preach it, and you guys are going to be studying it. And maybe, maybe you know, the, the COVID thing, you're worried about being in a group. We have a way, maybe you and your spouse are a group, but you're going to be in a group somehow, some way. We're going to have sign-ups for this. We want you to be in groups outside of you and your spouse, but we are going to put people in circles so that they can experience God together because experiencing God is an incredible study to begin to understand the power of the Scripture. And maybe you're one of the people in the room thinking, well, I've done that before. Well, do it again. Humble yourself and act like you haven't done it before and do it again. And don't pull out your old book with all the notes in it and teach you. You get a new book. Like $13. <laughs> maybe more. I don't know. How much are they? Well, that was ironic. We've got them sell today for 20 <laughs> I paid 13 <laughs> Anywho, you get where I'm going with this. We're doing this together, and you've already said yes. That's the beauty of this. You've already said yes to what I'm asking you to do. And I look around the room. I just take a, take a look around the room real quick. Just quick gander. You don't know them. Look, you just you're like, I don't know you. So you look quick. You just made eye contact. I don't know. We're going to fix that. You're going to know them, and they're going to know you. And guys, I have found out some amazing, through groups, and Katie and Chris will attest to this too, like sometimes you'll, you'll start off in a group and you'll look around the group and you'll go, who are these people? And you're like, why am I in a group with these folks? And within a few months, you begin to realize that what you have in common is so much greater than anything that ever separated you. And you make friends with people who you never thought you'd make friends with. 
Uh, I mean, like it has the power to change the world. And so we're committing this. And then we're, we're, we're also going to, in, in August, we're going to do another study. It's a Francis Chan study called Multiply. And we're going to ask, yeah, that's a good one too. I love it. Francis Chan is always awesome. And this is what we're going to do for the purpose of knowing and growing. And we're going to, not only are we going to ask you guys to do this, and I'm so glad y'all have already said yes to these questions. It makes this so much easier. It's like selling a car that you've already paid for. The other thing you're going to do is you're going to be in covenant with the other people in your group. Like you are actually going to sign covenants with the other. If your group is your spouse and one other person, you're going to sign a covenant with them that says, I am going to honest. I'm going to fight. I'm going to train. I'm going to soldier. I'm going to war. I'm going to battle to become what God has called me to be. You are actually going to enter into covenant with another disciple for the purpose of holding each other accountable and the purpose of growing in who God has called you to be. I'm so glad you already said yes. And this is what we're going to do. It's just the first two steps. Uh, and I am incredibly excited about where God has called us to go. And if you're here and you don't want to do any of these things, man, you're welcome to stay. You know that. This, is, this will all be surrounded in grace because we do all of these things as a response to God's grace. If you don't want to do it, you're welcome to stay, but you will miss out on the fullness of what God designs for you to have through this place. It's time. There is a method. There, were all, there was always a method. I'm not saying it's perfect because this is an imperfect place. Make no mistake. But this may be the perfect place for a room full of imperfect people to encounter the perfection of God together. And you've already said yes. Guys, I cannot wait to see what God does through you this year. Um, it's going to be hard. Experiencing God is not, is not always easy. There are days, and it takes a little time, but I believe the investment will be worth your effort.